and welcome to episode 8 of Living Liberty Today. I'm Charlie Earl. Uh, today, we're going to look at something I call Leave Me Alone. It's just an attitude that, that people who are seeking liberty and trying to live uh, a life of liberty uh, tend to, to internalize a lot and maybe externally uh, say it, but leave me alone. Uh, we do remind you that you can send us your comments or whatever you, you want to say about Living Liberty Today at livinglibertytoday at protonmail.com or you can go to our website and comment https colon backslash backslash uh, free to the number two b the letter b the letter u dot buzzsprout dot com or you can engage with us on our Living Liberty Today page on Facebook. And while we're discussing that, I'd like to remind you of a couple of things on Facebook. We post articles that we think may be of interest to our uh, liberty-seeking, liberty-loving audience. And one of them I have on there uh, just recently in the past week or so is from the imaginativeconservative.org. Uh, that, that is a website I go to two or three times a week. Um, it has a, a number of thoughtful articles about theology, education, uh, policy, privacy, interactions with government, and so forth. It's most of the writers write from a Roman Catholic perspective. And although I'm an independent evangelical, um, I still find their writing uh, uh, engaging, and I find it thought-provoking, and, and I go there, as I said, a couple of times a week uh, looking for some, some great work to, to read and, and to get me thinking. And they do archive their articles, so you, know, you don't have to go every day to see what's current and what's new. Another article I posted on our Facebook site, was uh, from realclearpoliticsaffairs.com and it's about the founders understanding of equality as we discuss liberty and how we engage in it and enhance it and, and nourish it uh, in an environment that's becoming uh, exceedingly hostile to it it's always helpful to go back to the founding and look at what was anticipated back in those days about uh, our, our relationship with government, with others, and with liberty. So uh, I, I would encourage you to look at that. Uh, I, I look at about 30 different sites every day. Uh, they vary throughout the week, in and out, but I'm looking for news and ideas about liberty and things that I can use for this program and also use for my own enlightenment and so forth. Uh, Remember last week we talked about the pandemic restrictions and I think what they've done for us, um, they've exaggerated the limits of our liberty. I, I, maybe that's not the right term. They've illustrated the limits of our liberty because in big time, uh, local, state, and federal authorities to some degree have in put tighter restrictions on the way we move and the way we interact. Uh, always licensing regulations, rules, and laws have restricted liberty in many ways. And although they are primarily a function of government, we also have 
private restrictions on our liberty and stuff that we're really encountering in a big way right now with a pending election coming up in uh, just a, a few weeks and with the uh, COVID-19 stuff flying all over uh, the internet. We find that Facebook and Twitter and other platforms are censoring or objecting or marking content they they uh, don't approve of. They either say it's unverified, it's not true, it's all that, but on the other hand, I've noticed in some instances where I've read something that seemed legitimate to me, Facebook comes back with a warning that it hasn't been verified, but I look at the sources they rely on for information, and I find they're just as bogus. So, you know, I think the, the free expression of ideas is you throw it out there and let discerning people decide uh, what's truth and what's not. I think the reason we are so entrenched in our ideological positions now, whether it be about the pandemic, I'm put that in quotes, or whether it be about anything, politicians, parties, what have you, is that each side tries to restrict the inputs from the other side. And so the media itself has been isolating us into groups uh, hostile groups to one another, and I think it's not really a good thing. So, to get beyond the government thing, when you look at social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter, uh, are they carriers or are they content providers? That's something the FCC may be deciding on sooner rather than later, probably depending on how the election turns out. But if they're carriers, that means they're like the phone company that they throw Facebook out there and they throw Twitter out there and they monetize them, which means they, they sell ads on there. But they throw them out there and you can put up anything, no matter how outrageous or how stupid. And they really have no input into it or no means of, of censoring or limiting what you say or write. But if they're content providers, they, have, they even have an obligation to censor what people put on there. As content providers, they're more akin to a broadcast company, a cable company, or uh, a network, for example, that is providing new, fresh content for everybody. And they determine what they want in their content and what they don't. So it's going to come down to bottom line. Right now, the carriers have exemptions, or the I should say the social media platforms have exemptions that don't um, require them to um, fit all the requirements and criteria for carriers. But on the other hand, they are treated as if they're carriers rather than content providers. They're excessive, I believe, or at least robust, uh, censoring in the last couple of weeks uh, really is bringing to the fore uh, the issue that, that is, it faces us regarding these social media platforms. As far as Twitter goes, I've basically given up on it. I'm still on it. I don't do anything with it. I now work with Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, -E and it's a more open, uh, uh, freer, I might say, uh, platform, but it's not as big as Twitter. It doesn't get quite the exposure that Twitter does. Nevertheless, you can pretty much let it wing over there. So, But all over our environment, 
whether it be people, uh, entities, or government, are attempting to restrict our liberties. Uh, that happens all the time, even within the framework of our own households and our families. People sometimes attempt to restrict what we can do and the expression of our liberty and how we go about it. So, give in mind that that I cherish the Declaration of Independence. I think it's one of the most inspiring and thoughtful documents ever written, although it's not really unique. Um, what Jefferson wrote was was taken from the Virginia Declaration of Rights, and that type, of, and he picked from a number of other things. Today we call that plagiarism. Back then it was just thoughtfully recognizing value and incorporating it into your own document of value. I also like, love the Constitution of the United States, uh, although I realize it's a flawed document, but I understand too that it was the creation of compromise that uh, the northern and southern states uh, were having some disputes over representation and things of that nature. They were talking about a, a, an industrial north and an agricultural or agrarian south. All kinds of dynamics going on there, just like we have today, actually. And so it is a compromise document. That's why it was necessary to add the Bill of Rights later, because there are certain rights as individuals, regardless of whether we're a Georgian or from Rhode Island, uh, were, were being left aside by this overall document uh, that replaced the Articles of Con Confederation. And George Mason was probably the most strong advocate for a Bill of Rights, although he wasn't, uh, didn't participate in the amendment aspect at the Constitution, uh, he was a, a heavy, I encourage you, in fact, to read a, a biography of George Mason. I think he is one of the most underappreciated and brilliant members of our of our founding and framing class. He, he, he was just a brilliant guy, and uh, I think he, he's undersold. He's an anti-federalist, which means that he and I have a whole lot in common in that regard. Uh, anything that I can do to minimize the power of government, whether federal, state, or local, I'm all for. And uh, so uh, I, I would encourage you to study and discover uh, George Mason. Getting back to the Bill of Rights, I think the First Amendment is critical when we're talking about leave me alone. And the right to say as you think and to express it freely and openly without fear of repercussion. The First Amendment is an expression of free thought. Most of us say what we think or feel. I, I guess that's the modern terminology is feel because too often there's not much thought behind it. And to have that ability to freely express it is critical. It's critical for for liberty to thrive and survive. Anytime you restrict speech, you're also, in a sense, restricting thought. Because it becomes very anxiety-driven to think certain things and not be able to say them or not express them. And so it creates an internal component of, of, of fight and angst to try to deal with what you're thinking versus what you're allowed to say. And I think many of us are going through that right now. Liberty is the right to be stupid and to do stupid things. But unless we give people, I shouldn't say give, 
unless we allow people to express their rights, their inherent rights, to think and speak, then we're going to miss all the unachievable, the impossible, the crazy ideas that we all maybe dismiss, but somebody else is thinking and expressing, because eventually they lead to innovation and breakthroughs. We got to have people be stupid and be crazy and be goofy in their expressions. We can't just cut them off at the pass or chop them off at the knees and limit their ability to express themselves. And I'm talking not just about, you know, mechanical and physical things. I'm also discussing ideas on dealing with one another, ideas on how to interact with other people, or other groups, and other ideas, and other thoughts. We've got to allow these things to come out, no matter how stupid they are, because then, within them, we either find that we radically embrace the antithesis, or we think maybe there's a nugget of truth in there that we should explore further. So free speech is vital for liberty because it means free thought is important for liberty. So um, the leave me alone aspect doesn't mean I go into a closet and sit there alone and, and, and try to just do my own thing within my head. The leave me alone attitude for liberty is allow me to be me, allow me to explore all the various things I want to look at, allow me to look at different things in different ways, and to express them in different ways, and to express them in ways that you might find uh, objectionable. But that's what liberty is. That's, we throw it all out on the table, and we look at all of it, and we move on from there. Um, it's a difficult time to be thinking about liberty because it seems to be more restricted each and every day and and I encourage you uh, to 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 just sit down and think about it to read deeply to look deeply and think about what you're going to do going forward to enhance your own liberty and to enhance especially the liberty of those around you because that matters as much as anything this is Charlie Earl live free be free and look for liberty